This podcast debate was so fire the audio recording software crashed. A software programming engineer is currently attempting to recover it. We decided the conversation needed to be heard anyway. Buckle the fuck up. This time on Two Dudes, Three Legs. I don't think I'm ready for this guy. No, I'm ready. Jones. I'm Zach Jones. 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 Remember yeah. that song? Yeah, motherfucker Jones was my name in college. Two eight one three three five eight zero zero. Remember that? I don't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zach Jones up on the low, cause Zach Jones about to blow. Very fast. Yep. Sixteen. 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 Almost. All right, fellas. So we are live on episode number sixteen of the podcast. Sweet sixteen, baby. With light a candle. Zach Dingy, Tony, and we have a as we're going to introduce as the Zach Jones, Zach, Zach Jones, Jones, Zach Jones, who? Uh, yeah, the fucking renaissance man. Give, him, give us a little background on this guy. So this guy, I'll give you the 10 second scoop we're going to get into his thing. But this guy has been accumulatively to 30 different countries, multiple Ooh. times to a couple of them. Uh, he's, if you add up basically the, the time frame that he's been away, he's been living outside of the country, or sorry, the country for three years. And you said you lived full-time abroad in Australia, right? Yeah, I lived in Australia for like eight months. In Australia I went, as well. It was the farthest place my scholarship would take me to study abroad, and I didn't have to learn a language. So. Born right next yeah, to Little right. Wayne. He was in the next hospital bed as Little Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Weezy F. Same hospital as Weezy Baby. Weezy Baby. And, uh, flapjack facts, baby. Yeah, well, flippity flapjack facts. Yeah, bro. Big flapjack facts, baby. Zach did you with the flapjack facts. <laughs> and two... The last note, probably the first guy I've ever met who was adopted from two lesbian parents. I don't know ever, or yeah, by two lesbian parents, sorry. I don't know if I've ever met someone that, I'm, I mean, obviously I've met people yeah, I'm so with two lesbian parents. Like, that. that is so interesting. Hell yeah. That's so interesting. All right, so let's start off with, with some real fun stuff. Where have, give me some, give me the best places you've traveled to. Like, what's a, where should someone go? Well, I think it really depends. I think there's this notion as Americans that, like, we travel like we pee diddy. Like, we got to have the whole Sweet 16 and everything. We got to have the, you know, the Ciroc. And we got to be, you know, there is a whole world of travel that people aren't even privy to. I'm considered a flagship backpacker, which means I backpack. I live, at, I live, you know, for three and a half months out of a 50-liter backpack. That's, a, like, literally only 20 liters bigger than the school backpack. Holy shit. I literally, like, rode, riding motorcycles across Thailand. Yeah, dude, I have a 42-liter backpack. Right. I, like, my whole life... <laughs> That's what I use every my day. My whole life was in that. Wow. Know? But the, what that allows me to do is I would live in hostels, for example. This is one yep. way. A lot of people think of the movie Hostel, like people get killed. Right? Shit. It's not like that. They're super luxurious now. They're crazy. They got pools. They got old eco-friendly ones. They have, like... All different types of things. I went to stay one in Singapore. It was all about entrepreneurship. I was just meeting people who had crazy bread, but were there for the collective experience of interacting with different and emerging businesses or nonprofits, right? So the world of travel is really diverse, just like anything. But yeah, I guess what I'd be considered as a flagship backpacker, I don't, I don't stay, I no longer stay in the three dollar hostels. I'm like in the. Ten or fifteen dollar hostels. Oh shit! Yeah. But what the weekends look like is we staying at the the dollar places because you're saving money. But what that does is it allows me, like for instance, when I 2016 I lived in Cambodia, Thailand, and Vietnam for three and a half months, and I spent four grand the whole time. Shit! You know, so it's one of those things that like. <laughs> You know, people don't realize my friend currently is living abroad. I don't want to get him in trouble with work. He's working remote, but he has been living for all of COVID in Sweden, Switzerland. He's been in Netherlands. He's been in Israel. He's been all over 
and he's saving more money living abroad by the way that we, the, the style we do, yeah. than he is at home. So what you're saying is you can get out there and travel without breaking your pockets. A hundred percent. Three and a half months, four grand. Let me right. do this. Like, if, it's, if you can hunt for the right tickets, I did, in, right before COVID 2019, literally when COVID was coming out of Italy, yeah. I was there, and I literally left three days before the country shut down. Yeah. So, but to put in perspective how much I paid, I went to Mexico for... 10 days with my boys, flew back to New York, spent the night, took my mom down the city for the night, and then flew out to Italy for eight days for $600. So the both flights were $300. Wow. You know, so it really is one of those things that it's, it's a misnomer about how we, we travel and oftentimes like cruises versus packages. Um, you know, if you ever have questions, you guys or any of the audience, you know, you guys can hit me up on my social and stuff like that. Hell yeah. uh, long way to go, underscore travel. Like, you got questions. I charge like a little fee on that, but oftentimes you're getting a lot more yeah. and we're having like a much more diverse dialogue. So if you're going to be an adrenaline junkie, you know, something like that, we, we can figure that out. And, yeah. I, and because of my travel, I tend to have like a lot of connections and Hell people yeah. are get, get feedback, you know, at least if you have questions yeah. about I feel like that's a big thing. Like you just said you have friends in all these different places. Like that's cool as hell. Like yeah. Yeah, from the hostels and just meet, like when you're out there, you're just... Find people you connect with them, and then you stay friends. You know, what I mean? uh, friends for life, man. Yeah. Um, let's see, I uh, my friends near Nor and Chai. I met them in. Our, I met near Nor in Vietnam on this party boat, just getting hammered for four days straight. Can you just say those names again? So there, there is really there's their background near Nor and Chai. So Chai. <laughs> at first, it was a sentence. Yeah. Sounds like a saying. So yeah, no, no, no. So like, yeah, like we. Yeah, so they they speak they, you know like their language is Hebrew and English, of course, Got but they they're born American born, but their families are from Israel, so speak fluent Hebrew, you know. That's crazy. But we've been friends. We've tra traveled to Colombia together. We've done other countries. We've done like all sorts of trips together, and it's just because we were the only Americans out of like seventy people on this boat. You know, and so it's like, you know, you really build strong connections. Dude, I traveled to Greece, and I spent like 22 grand in like two and a half weeks. That's because those Greece people, they'd be robbing you. Dude, it was and crazy. it's not Greek people everywhere. If you go, as an American, they see you as easy prey because we are taught, like in, when I lived in Australia, like for example, I'd go to my friend's cribs and hang out and their parents would be like, yo, you a bum for not traveling. That's like expected yeah. as like a rite of passage of stepping yeah. into adulthood, being self-sufficient, yeah. raising money, going out. How do you delegate that money? How are you financially sound? You know, like yeah. you're going to get drunk one night and have your wallet or phone stolen. What do you do? Yeah. And so, it's, and, and it's same for my European friends. So it's an American concept that we have this thing. Again, you got to have the bells and whistles or you can eat, right. you know. It's based in fear, I, feel like, I think. Yeah, I think so. And it's, it's, cre it's creating otherness rather than collectiveness. And that's something that I think we need more of is empathy, understanding, and collectiveness. Of course. Yeah. Um, so. I feel like 80% of people, when they think vacation, they think, like, Florida, the beach, to hang out and drink beers, and, like, that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, like, a cruise ship. They don't think, like, go to Vietnam and see the world. museums or the world or, like, hikes and stuff. They just think... Vacation, I'm going to Florida for five days and I'm just going to get obliterated in Miami for five days. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Because I think as Americans, we see vac vacation as almost nothingness yeah. rather than productiveness. Mm. I, That's true. I find myself... That's a bar. <laughs> you know, a bar! <laughs> but, you know, I, I see, like, I'll give an example, like... Again, I'm not going to throw names out here because I don't know people's connections or affiliations or how they want to keep their own. You know who lives. you are. Um, yeah, you know who you are. Uh, one of my best friends. He's like 
great guy from Indonesia. His family is very successful. They own a logistics company. Um, you know, mine blew my mind. He's so humble. He was doing, you know, like working as like with therapists and helping people with like, you know, substance abuse, all these things. He worked all these jobs at college. He did like what we're like, you know, what B Money does behind the camera here with like uh, sets and systems. But he, he, we could have bought a Ferrari going off the lot for his first car. Right. But I would never have known because the, the work ethic and the way that his family has raised him right. is a different, you know, set of systems. Or maybe he learned what not to do and this is how he wants to do, you know. Yeah. But his family is very successful. You know, the family works super hard and they deserve everything. But, yeah. you know, it's, again, he came to America. We did, we've done trips together and stuff like that. But again, it's, it's based in a different type of mentality that Americans yep. have. And, you know, as you said about, you know, it's a lot of prices, it's a lot of fear. Yeah. yeah. Dude, my dad has been, my dad's 57. He doesn't have a passport. He's never left the country in his life. That's why I wanted to travel like, when I was young, because my dad never did it. I'm like, dude, there's so much shit to see in this world. Like, I, I don't know. I could never just stay in America my whole life. You know what I mean? Like, I, can, I can't even imagine. So give me, let me ask you, what's the, what's the number one place you've ever been to? I, I tend to it it's it's hard because what I tend to do is I break it up in like what you're trying to do. Right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, you're like if you're like trying to go to the most serene, like mind healing place, I'd be one of them I'd be like, go to New Zealand. That shit is literally Hobbiton. The whole damn island. Really? That shit is different. Wow. I solo traveled there when I was twenty one. I was like told my mom, I was like, I wanna be a man, I wanna be self proficient, like I'm gonna call you, I'm gone for two weeks, like off the map. Wow. And I went like cave dive, like cave schwunking, we call it. You jump into like holes in, in mountains and you like see glow worms and you like just a life jacket with some, some folks. What? Like volcanic rivers, like full waterfalls that are like hotter than hot tubs. Like I couldn't get in because for a while because it was too hot. That's you know, so you know, uh, literally the That was in New Zealand? Yeah, bro. And then you can go to the peak of the island and stand on the top of it if you're in the right place and you can see two different types of forests. You can see rainforests and temperate forests. Rainforests, they're, they're, but the island is split just by the mountain peaks. Yeah. So you That's look at both sides of the mountain, you know, so like if you're talking like a nature person, you like hiking, you know, as, especially Americans, we don't really get out there. No. Um, it was definitely mind blowing, definitely like pretty healing. Um, yeah, I like cool, that. Yeah, cool not knowing anybody and just being greeted as just who I am. I don't yeah. pretend I can be my true self. Like, so you always go to these places by yourself too, or usually? So what happens is, that's how I started, was uh, I was asking a ton of my friends in America. I was really lucky. I got a scholarship to go to Oakwood Friends School over here in Poughkeepsie, New York, which is an international boarding school. Correct. Um, and day school. Um, and I was going to school with Koreans and Chinese folks and people from Dominica small island in the Caribbean, mm-hmm. you know, kids on scholarship, kids that had, you know, fathers were like the CFO at like Pepsi, you know, it's like yeah. real tough life. Funny, funny. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's, it's both, you know, because like there's some of us who are a scholarship or getting, you know, sponsored. Um, but that really like, opened my eyes to being like, oh, there's such different ways of being and such different ways of communicating. And if you can, it's hard for us as Americans, you know, I say that we love to have an opinion on something we know nothing about. You know, dude, I've been thinking, bro, that is so weird. I've been thinking about that all fucking day today. Dude, I swear to God, right now, you know, I was thinking before, like how bad social media is strictly because it gives so many people an opinion that have no right to have an opinion yeah. on that well, topic. I mean, side note to the Charles, you saw what they did with Twitter. They have started putting a thing that lets you know that you shared an article that you haven't read. 
because so many people just share it and they've never read it. And they're just That's like fucking and chirping. Wow. I don't care if you right, left, what the rutabaga, bro. Yeah. Like, do educate yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, you know, and, you know. That's the, and that's how I perceive the world. Yeah, so my what I feel through my yeah, social media, through just myself being in, in the space around the world, is my job is to. I feel like it's to help spark that interest, yeah. whether it's through the, my job working with kids, whether yeah. it's um, you know being on a podcast with you guys, talking to the viewers that you guys have. I think it's important that we like change our, you know, our, our mindsets around stuff. Yeah. So you yeah. just brought it up right there. Now tell us, what do you do? You said you work with kids. What's what do you? I know you have a very interesting job. So, so I work uh, as an uh, outdoor education um, in outdoor education. Um, I'm not like your Patagonia REI guy. I'm more <laughs> in this space of nature. We call it nature connection. We've started like distinguishing what the difference is because with like Patagonia, like the like you know the hikers and climbers, they're very much connected to nature and in it. Yeah, but like if you watch someone like Alex Honnold free solo, I don't know if y'all see that. Mm-hmm. It's like one of the most yeah. amazing feats of humankind. He mm-hmm. climbs El Capitan with no rope, which is four thousand plus feet. What? He you know, is, you've never heard that. Man, it's different. Tell me, you gotta watch it. I'm telling you, like that, I want, I want, I want you to watch it, and I want you to text me. It okay. is, Whoa. you know. And then I just watched one about the, the other one called the Alpinist, which I forget the gentleman's name, but he even goes farther than Alex Honnold, and he does. Ice and rock climbing, so he uses ice picks. Don't tell him what happens at the end. Yeah, no, I won't. I won't. Oh, no, 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 that one. That one. No. Alex Honnold's in that one. He goes, "This is my hero." I was like, "Oh, there's someone more gangster than the dude who climbs four thousand plus feet with no rope." No rope. Wow. You know. So, so you said you're you, you're not that. So what? I'm are, not. What are you? So what I do is my job, and I feel like in life and with people is to not again not see nature as other. Nature is everything. We are animals. We are immersed in it. So whether you believe in climate change or not, nature don't give a fuck because what's changing <laughs> is changing. Right. So my opinion is bringing, you know, access to, I don't know if you guys ever heard the term BIPOC. It's like, it's no. like black, indigenous, you know, people of color. It, it's, it's, it's like running the gamut, making sure we all have access. Got it. Um, you know, for the viewers, you can look it up, but there's much better definitions online. But that's really like making sure that everyone has equitable access to outdoor spaces. A lot of my kids, their parents would love for them to be outdoors. Mom works three jobs. Wait a second. What do you mean has equal access to outdoor spaces? So, for example, to go hike at Minnewaska, which is probably, what, like an hour from here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need a car. There ain't no bus that goes there. So how are you getting there? You might okay. have... So you're saying like inner city kids, how the fuck do they get there? Well, it's inner city, but it's also, too, it's also... If, say, let's say suburb Tobo right here, what if your family doesn't ever instill that you should go outside or play or do stuff? Because that's like the new, that's a new thing here in 2022. Okay. How, how, how are you to know to go out in nature and interact in a healthy way? Okay. All so you know you is Fortnite and Apex. Kids. Dude. How do you, where do you pick them up? So, what well, I work, I'm lucky enough to work with the Kingston School District. I work at an organization called Wild Earth. I am oh, associate director there. That's where I'm living. I live in Kingston. Oh, word. We should chop, chop it up out there, man. I'm there four days a week. Um, okay. But, uh, yeah, you're welcome to stop at the program, come to school. You where can meet all the kids. I work at JFK Elementary. I work at uh, Bailey Mi- Middle School, Miller Middle School, and we're in the high school. Miller Schools. So though you so you're basically like that so I don't know. When we were young, man, like 
I lived in an HOA, but we had like the woods was around our HOA, dude. Yeah, right behind it. And we used to fucking be in the woods every day, yeah, manhunt every night. Literally, like, that's so... how I grew up was in the woods. So that's int- that's why I asked because like I never yeah. even considered. But our generation, I mean, how old are you, Tony? I'm 29. How old are you, Tony? 30. 20, and then you're like your baby. Yeah, I got like 30. 30. <laughs> I mean, but you're an old soul out here, you know. What yeah. about you, be money? 28. 28. Yeah. So our generation, yeah, our, our, our generation is very much like come out when the lights come on type, like a yeah. little bit of that reminiscence of 50s, 60s. This new generation of parenting is there's a lot of pros and a lot of cons. No matter what generation you look at, you can always be like, it was better then, it was better here. Was it really? Yeah. Not really. Trade offs always. Always a trade off. So. What we do is I, I'm trying to show kids that spending an hour outside is beneficial to you, and you can also go back and get back on the iPad. Yeah. I'm also relatable. I'm a, I'm a young person of color. I'm a mixed race. I speak a little bit of Spanish. So I can literally apply to the gamut. I like video games. I did played violin for nine years. You name it, I've probably done some version. Yeah. But a, what instead of focusing on just a lot of time what these programs do is they ram nature first. So imagine if I took Tony out and I brought Tony like five miles hike in the woods. I'm like, all right, you're going to sleep in this thing called a debris hut. Tony's like, what the fuck is debris hut? Too much, too quick. Too much, too quick. And then we also, the the space has been a little bit, again, not to get too political or crazy, it's been a little bit like westernized. So what it says is like people, a lot of folks have been saved by nature. So they think that should be everybody else's Bible. And so they shove it down in a way that whereas instead of recognizing where like Tony might be like, dude, camping at the, the, you know, Yellowstone or, you know, or like camping in a park is like my threshold right now. Yeah. I don't, I don't respect that. Let's start there. Yeah. Right. And then I'll be like, once we have a rapport and a relationship, I go, yo, you want to try a little something extra? Right. And they're like, oh yeah, I trust you. Yeah. So our relationship is built in trust and then nature is the backdrop. Right. So many programs like nature, 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 and shoving it down children's throat, shoving down parents' throats, mm-hmm. and those parents haven't been educated either. Yeah. And so when you mix the, you know, and this can be whether you're in the suburbs, where you're urban spaces, where you're in urban communities, it, it's it's a it's probably I would call it an epidemic everywhere. Yeah. So what our company does is we kind of fit all the niches. We do weekend private programs where you can like hire us to like do something for a corporation, and we'll take you out on the weekend and do like. Some sensory oh, type meditation thing, like we do um, weekend programs with a lot of kids come from the city, but those kids have been with us every weekend, once a month, yeah. and they're like gangsters at what they do. They can do like fires with no, with just sticks, and like the all this like you know we skin like we you know we like skin chipmunks and squirrels. They know how to do it by like ten. That's crazy. you know, but it's because their families are invested in it, you know. Yeah. But then what we realize is like all these people we were started as a mom and pop. We're like a small nonprofit. We got like 15 employees like full time. And then what happened was we were really diverse. And then we started getting a lot of a lot of a kind of like poor reputation. And we started having a lot of people who were just like yups from the city. And we kind of lost the diversity. We kind of like soccer moms who just again. I don't have anything against them. Their kids are amazing. So I don't want anyone listening or watching this to take that the wrong way. They just have a parent who could be home who didn't have to worry, who could actually just jump on and click, and then our camp would be filled. So what we've really done is, like, changed our focus and how we have access. How we, like, we used to not have enough girls. Why didn't we provide enough space for women? 
We used to have a bunch of men teachers. Oh, we got to diversify. We got to add women to speak to the young because yeah. they're, they're not going to use that. Sometimes they're not going to speak the way I, you know, I can't do what they can do. Of course, yeah. You know, same with rep- all sorts of representations. Bilingual speakers. Yeah. You know, they might not be able to speak English, but they grew up in a Spanish household, so there's a comfort in speaking. You know, so it's like we try to diversify many capacities. Yeah. So that's like what yeah. So you said a crazy number before. How many kids have you? So I was trying to run the numbers because I knew we would probably talk about this on podcasts. I'm going to say conservatively 6,500, so 6,500 kids. So in the Kingston School District alone, I've graduated now two senior classes, so two years. So my first kids ever were graduated during COVID, which really sucked, and I felt really bad for them. Um, But I I work now with pretty much from seniors all the way down to kindergarten. So today I was with the kindergartners. We couldn't go out in the rain, so we just did a bunch of games and activities. Did this school hire you for that? Yeah, so what, yeah. We, what we are is we're, we're uh, our organization is contracted, um, is brought in as a contractor, like Got a contractor. And, yeah. um, Through the state? No, so the schools specifically school. decide. So we're part of a thing called the Title III school, which is the school, well, the school system so messed up, and that's partially why we're there. If you do, like, if people, a lot of people don't realize how this works, and they love to, like, get up in arms and how school systems work. If you perform poorly... Even if they know it's because of lack of funds, you lose funds. How backward is that? So that's why schools like Arlington, NFA, they're like, we got to build the football program to be robust. Because that will bring the the state and the the, the bodies that be recognize that and they'll give money to that, which then can trickle over into other places. So for instance, like... In Kingston, when I joined about six years ago, they had just closed, I think it was like one or two elementary schools. So fifth grade was with eighth graders in the same building. Yes. My tallest eighth grader at then was I think like six eight, six nine, and my shortest, I had like fifth graders who can't even open a locker and they're sharing the same hallway. Yeah. We're coming in, we're using a specific pool of money and being really like, really thoughtful about how we do it. Our goal is not to ever detract from the community or take away from something that you know, and we also fundraise a lot because we're a nonprofit. So we we actually for that program, I think we pay uh, two thirds of it. They pay a third. So I we raise the money wow. for two thirds of it. So every kid goes free. Every single child has free you access to this. Fucking... And that's the access thing I'm talking about. Yeah. So like whether Tony believes like say Tony has kids, I don't know if you do, um, and he's like he can't have the time. He'd rather focus on baseball or, or uh, hanging out with you know his daughter because they do cheer or whatever. He doesn't have to worry about this. When they come to school, this is now part of their curriculum yeah. and part of their space in their life. So it's like an elective almost. A little bit, yeah. You opt in. Yeah. Fifth and sixth graders opt into my program. They yeah. sign up. We take about, we're the largest after school program. We take about, in, in the spring, we take like 30 to 40 kids. Yeah, this is sounds like something I would have loved to do in fucking school. Right. And it's also like the, because the Spanish students feel comfortable with us because we have a lot of, bi- we, were, we were fairly bilingual and we're working on improving that. Um, you have kids who never would have interacted yeah. and parents who are conservative and parents who are liberal and you have all these different family mindsets. And we just like, we're ain't here for the rock rock. We're here to have fun. We're here to connect and we're just here to be outside, you know, like, you know, that's all it is. So that's like what I do for a living. Fucking good shit, man. That's really cool shit because I feel like, I don't know. There's so much shit in society now where it's just like, you play with your friend, or like you relate to your friends because they are like you. You, you know, know what it's called? It's called preaching to the choir. Yeah. <laughs> like I've watched your guys' podcast, and like I'll just be be really. Blank. I was like, I can tell that you guys have more conservative values than me. But what I thought was so valuable, and what I really wanted to come on, is like 
we're meant to share just because you have a different thought process or we might veer like, you know, we're so pitted against each other in the against or across the aisle. Mm-hmm. I can feel angry and upset with you and still respect you as a man. Of course. Right. That's like, I can also tell you what you're saying might hurt my feelings or personally hurt me as I'm black and Vietnamese. I'm black and Asian. Yeah. So something like a you or a person you might vote for or something you might hurt me. But instead of yelling at you. Right. Maybe I can just let you know and convey an empathy, and we can have a dialogue as men. Yes. Right. Like what? You know, like, that's how I am too. I am pretty conservative. But you yeah. know what? I don't give a fuck what you like and what you do. It doesn't bother me. Just don't push it on me. And I, I don't care. Yeah. Let's yeah. just talk. A hundred percent. I think and that's I, how I feel. Like I would never push my values on anybody else. I mean, maybe a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'm not gonna talk to you about it. Maybe I will. Yeah, I probably will. <laughs> Again, part of that thing that goes back to my biggest thing is being like, I try to presence in any kind of conversation like this. And also when people ask me like what I do and, you know, whether they're crazy, they're like, oh, is this some hippie bullshit or we're out here, you know, doing some crazy nonsense. Yeah. No, you know, I've, you know, there is, you know, the school of thought that I came from initially was that, but I realized that that's if someone chooses to go to it we can't start there we need to again create dialogue create space create understanding and and it's interesting because again not to you know make this crazy and racial but i was like thinking about this the other day you know this notion like in the south during you know the 60s you know the kkk and like people racist folks would be like there's a lot of stories where there's black people in that community it's predominantly white they're like well the johnson family they're all right yeah. But you want to know why they think they're all right, even though they're, they're, they're racist against black people? It's because they know them. They're familiar. Yeah. They yeah. see yeah. it. And that's, that's our biggest thing is, like, again, we can't heal everything through that. There is trauma that I think we do have to address and recognize. But I think um, just on a simple day-to-day basis, if we stepped into a little bit of place of just being like, I might want to judge that. But before I, like, I judge you outright, maybe I should inquire. Person to person, right? Right. No, yeah. I, I, you know, I really agree with that way. I could probably get into a heated argument with somebody if we're just talking about our values. Right. Like, if I'm just sitting here and we're chilling, I'm going to connect with any and everyone. Like, and, and I love people. I fucking hate people, and I'll say that all day long, yeah, yeah. but I really love people. I don't think I could sit down with somebody and really fucking, like, I'll argue with you if you want, but, like, at the end of the day, I fuck with people. Like, well, I think like everybody. What, I mean, the way you would do, break that down in emotions, I think, is what you're able to do is have empathy. Yeah, it's easy to hate a group and it's really easy. It's hard to hate an individual a person. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's the otherness again, nature around travel. Right. It's like, so that's my collective thing is removing other otherness. You know yeah. what a different perspective I have on it is too, like what you're saying. I think in society we have a lot, not even insecure, but just like unconfident people. And I think it stems from like, like if I walk into a bar and there's six foot four dudes and they're like jacked the fuck up and let's say they're MMA fighters, I'm immediately unconfident because I know I'm going to get knocked the fuck out if something happens. Same thing. And that's a, you'll get where I'm going at. Because that's like a whole different point. But my point is like to be able to make, have your own food and to skin your own squirrel and to make your own fire and to do all that kind of stuff. Like for a 12 year old to be able to do that. They don't realize, but in 10 years, like, the confidence you're going to have from that. Like, I train a little bit of boxing, a little bit of jujitsu. Yeah. I do a little bit of outdoor stuff, but yeah, just yeah. the fact that I have some of that simple stuff makes me so confident. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's a couple things in there society-wise. A big thing I've been looking into and starting to study, and I know people get like, oh, like, like why are you talking about this? Like, I think like how we define masculinity, how we see things. That's like a thing like you're talking about in that bar scenario. Is like, I I don't feel. I mean, um, like if something goes down, you know, I mean that's that's fair, but like that's also assuming worst case scenario. Yeah. Also, too, like if it's really going down, like I'm. I'm not claiming I'm some gangster, but I'm about it if you're trying to snatch <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like, you know we've, yeah. we've been out here traveling. We've had some situations, like, yeah. don't ever get it twisted. I'm the kindest person in the world. But I think that's also knowing, do you have that next gear? Yeah. Do you have that thing? And I think that's a, a, a big part of it is, like, I've been in situations where people are about to throw down. I like to dismantle and disarm people through intellect. Uh, you know? Yeah, I'm not saying you should, like, masculinity, like, you should fight people, because I'm just saying, now. If you, if you don't know how to start a fire, or you don't know how to right. fight these Being things, self-proficient like that, to. I yeah. feel like you just, you're way more insecure about anything, you know what I mean? Like, about going to a bar, in the back of your head, you're like, I hope nothing breaks out, because I'm really scared, I don't want to do anything, you know what I mean? I think what you're talking about is that, secu- like, almost like a primal instinct of security, yeah. like, yeah. What, like, do you okay. feel sound in Correct. who you are? Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. people who don't, like, the stuff you're teaching for those kids, like, they don't realize, but in 10 or 15 years, man, the fact that they could build fires, they know how to make their own food, they know how to survive in the wild, I feel like that's so valuable. Like, when you have a family, and you know that if shit goes south, you're able to be okay no matter what, you know? Yeah, and I think it's a one thing we, survive. Uh, what our program also does is not just nature, it's social-emotional support as well. So, it's a lot of, like, a lot of people don't realize, just like, even though I'm not a psychology major, I won't pretend I went to school for this. It's something that's learned over time, but it's like... Learning how you want to be addressed and how someone wants to be talked to you. It's really simple. Just be like, you good? Yeah. Right? And then people are like, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Like, I, 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 he's an Italian fucking family. That's how it was your whole life. Right? Well, it's like that for my friends in India, Nepal. A lot of a lot of families who are immigrant families. It's very, it's like, you know, I had a kid in school who was telling me a story in high school how he was out of line and the teacher hit him with a golf club. And his dad said, oh, you deserve that shit. What? Wait, with a golf club? Yeah, bro. I was like, I'm not playing. Like, that, like I was like, you're, you're lying, dude. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, no. He's like, yeah, it was this crazy scenario. I didn't know whether to believe it or not. But I also, I'm being part Asian and spending time in Asia. Some of those parents don't play. Yeah. You know? Well, well yeah. wait a second. What did the kid do? I, I don't know the whole story. Is there anything that hit with a golf club? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Shit. Let's be you're honest. asking for psychologically traumatized children, though. You know, and like that's like what it is, too. A lot of times people don't realize children are not the behavior. Repeat Think about this. No, no, no. I mean, dissect that. Yeah, children, children are not their behavior. Okay, yeah, okay. Because children are doing a behavior to get a certain type of response. That's right. Yeah. So I grew up with very abusive neighbors. My neighbor, the, the daughter who used to get hit, oh. the only way she knew how to receive any type of interaction was through negativity. She would start a fight with me. But really, she was just saying, like, can you see me? Right. Like, can, like I, I just want to interact with somebody that's not in my abusive household. Because that's all she knows. Because that's all she knows, and I used to not get it. And my mom was like, no, 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 you hit the short kindness and love. But then after we, like, got all, like, then she, like, came around and was like, oh, what I'm really trying to say is, like, I want to hang out. Yeah. But it's because she's never taught the right. language. That's how she gets attention from her parents. So exactly. Why would, so why would she try anything different for other people? That's so, like, if you have a child, for example, which we have many children who are living in motels or homeless, yeah. and then like the t- there's a really fam- there's a really great poem you can look up, just like right on Google, like the pencil poem, and it's a poem that basically depicts of how like a kid has like make get his sister ready for school, 
cook their food, take care of their grandma, or something like that. Like, yeah. get on the bus, do all these things, and, like, the biggest journey is getting to school, and they get in trouble for not having a pencil. And and that and, and that but that's like the thing where it goes through the behavior where it's like it's like, yo, you just literally ran the gauntlet just to be here. Are we focusing on the right thing? Are we fostering right. the right thing? Because what we're telling you is don't show the fuck up. Right. Yeah. Which, and if you want an educated and you want a wholesome world and you want people who are going to arrive and be good financially sound, good business people, all that's got to start from a sturdy base. Yeah. You know, so that's the way I see it, and that's what we try to bring. And nature's the backdrop in, in this particular program that I'm overseeing. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's how like you that's that's the the piece that you're teaching all that stuff through is nature you're saying. Right. You know, and I think what we're doing different than there's a really amazing nature programs all across the East Coast, all on the West Coast, friends yeah. have worked for them. I think that's where we're differentiating ourselves. Is we're right. centralizing relationship, we're centralizing meeting somebody, you know, like I I'll have a kid that act out and be like, I think you're acting out because you're feeling upset. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. When you get called out your name like that, and it's not about being like, well, there used to be like, you're bad, go to the principal's office, get a referral, yeah. go home, parent piss. Dude, that's how I was my whole life. Recycle, cycle repeat. Like, let's face yeah. this. Right. So we want to be not just the best. We are so used to America's societal band-aids. Mm-hmm. I think the world in general. I'll tell a personal story with this, man. I was literally just talking to Sarah about this, my girlfriend, the other day, about how, like, in high school, I used to try to deal with a lot of women. That was like... That was the thing in high school, and I was yeah. bad about it. And the reason, like, I recently uh, tried to self-reflect on why things were and why I was the way I was, and all of it was because my dad was never around. My mom I couldn't talk to, and so when shit would go south, my parents never talked. Like, when I was upset or anyone was upset in the household, it was like, everyone go to their fucking rooms and shut up, and nobody, like, we're done. Yeah. And so I never talked about my feelings. So then in high school, it was like, I want I want people to see me, and I want to be heard, and I want people to know who I am or whatever. And so it was just like, in, in being insecure, I used to try to get women, try to be the cool guy and be the quarterback of the team and the point guard. Like, it was all just so I could feel somebody to talk to me. You know what I mean? No, I totally get that. I used to, I had, the, I had the same thing. I was like, all my boys were like running up these numbers. And I was like, oh, this is what I got to do. Yeah. I got to be that man. Because like, you know. Dude, it was yeah, all just to be cool. But then I, but I felt so, like, I personally, you know, people can clown me on this. I really actually just, it didn't feel good. Like, I didn't feel fulfilled. Like, I was like, cool. Like, she wants to sleep with me. She wants to do this. Like, great. And, you know, I reflect back, and there's still an element of, like, oh, that was I was kind of the shit. But at the same <laughs> time, it's like, if I'm being real with myself, then it's like, I didn't really feel but good about that. Yeah. Like, you know, or like, it wasn't like, it wasn't as you know. as it could have been. You always know. Yeah. And there's ones that, and this, and you can have flings and do something, and that'd be great. But it's just yeah. like, if you're coming with the right intention again. Yeah. You know, like, uh, if you, like, you know, if everyone's on the same page, you're doing what you do, but... You know, a lot of times, especially, and that's just, again, that's a thing with masculinity, I think with a lot of my boys, it's a big conversation. It's like, they're just doing it for a reaction. They're doing it for fulfill. They're doing it to get someone's attention, you know? Yeah. Let's so. hear about your uh, upbringing and foundation, you know? Yeah, yeah sure. You, you're talking so much about masculinity, and it's not like, not trying to be a dick about it, but like, it's crazy that you're that intelligent with it, and you were raised by two women. Right, so I was adopted from New Orleans. Yeah. I was uh, born in New, uh, yeah in Charity Hospital down in New Orleans. Yeah. Um, my mom is Vietnamese. My dad is black. Um, might be like Dominican black. I don't really know. But yeah. I have a closed adoption, um, which means that I was not allowed to file to meet them until I was 25. Oh, wow. So oh. there was rules around it. So I actually recently just filed for paperwork to potentially meet my parents. Um, How do you feel about that? 
fine. You know, I think part of the thing is, again, around adoption, this is something I, I might want to talk about on my own podcast or with, you know, some other friends that are mine are adopted from, or, um, from different places or families that, I think family is, like, an interesting topic, how it's made, because a lot of people have different families are made differently. Yeah. Maybe with your grandparents. Your parents go to jail, you live with your uncle. Right. That's not a, that's not a normal family. Right. I mean, we just like to think that's normal, but it's like, it is, and in some ways, it is actually the norm. So, like, we create yeah, this, we create this societal yeah. norm but really, everyone has such diverse families, you know. So, uh, I was adopted by two women, um, and yeah, I was raised here in the Hudson Valley. You know, it was really so. Great. Where, how long, how old are you? When you moved from New Orleans a year. So I was, I was a very early adopter. I was two weeks. Wow. My mom was sixteen when she had me. My birth papers say Negro on it, literally, Holy in nineteen ninety two. So, if people want to talk about racism and all that stuff being dead. My papers talk about my family says grandfather Negro, grandmother Negro, father what? Negro. So, you, people can talk that talk and, like, you know, say, well, this rah-rah, how stuff isn't there. This is 1992. Yeah. You know, so my mom went down with her black friend, who was also a lesbian, to pick me up. And they were driving through Baton Rouge, and they pulled over on the side of the road, and they were like, y'all shouldn't be seen together. What? Because she's black and she's white. What? Not because they were two women, not because my mom was, like, this cliche of a lesbian. Yeah. You can't tell. I used to be with my mom in the food store, and men would hit on her all the time. Yeah. Like, try to holler at her because yeah. they didn't know she was lesbian. You know, like, so, like, you know, and that's like the different, there's different types of lesbians and different terms. Like, you know, there's like a joke is like we call them lipstick lesbians. Yeah. That's the lesbians that, like, you would never know. Yeah, it's, so, yeah, it's just like, like, you know, there's like, there's like, we joke around, we call them. Again, I would not advise anyone to use this language out there because you won't get yourself fucked up, yeah. you know, or cause a, you know, but like, we joke around with like, oh, she's such a pat. It's like the Karen, you know, like this is, you know, the Karen's like, that's like the buzz cut, like, you know, like, you know, rocking the Patagonia shirt, you know, like, it's just, oh, it's all fun and games and like, you know, but like every community has that. You, you're Italian, right? Your family's Italian. I'm sure you have, yeah, you have like all sorts of jokes around that too. It's like Jersey Shore was like that. It was this play up of like our stereotypes and, and poking fun and like love and just like, you know. Yeah. So, um. I don't think there's anything wrong with making fun. I'm a, I think I'm a little too. Uh, easy with the fucking making fun of like when you say Pat like I don't think anyone should be offended by that or even calling a, like a lesbian lady a butch like I think it's I think, I think it's time and place I think it's time and place I think it's it's all about it's all about having decorum and time and place like if I don't I know you and I'm like trying to use again it's like it's like trying to use words as a weapon people try to claim that it's not you saying oh like if your friend's a lesbian you're like oh you're such a Pat that's fair game right yeah. But if your friend is like, hey, Tony, like, I feel uncomfortable with that. Like, nah, shut the fuck up, you Pat. Well, that's just, yeah. then you're obviously in but that's what But that's what we're doing with, to other people often. It's the, you know what I mean? And that's like that whole conversation, you know? I'm not here to tell anyone they're right or wrong. I think the scales are different. I also tend to agree that people do need to have a little bit of thick skin. They don't believe yeah, in so we, so we do need to be a little bit better resiliency. Yeah. But I also think that if you're like friends with somebody or your coworkers, I don't care what you want or need. If you're more productive for me, you're putting like more better work. You're being more proficient. You're living a happier, healthy life. Or like I'm just gonna re- like recognize what you need to recognize. Because again, like you said, this ain't in my house. This ain't in my home. This ain't my problem. You know, and that's again, everyone can feel differently about that. Yeah. And I, I you know that's just where I see. It. And I think it ties in with everything, with kids, with everything. Because yeah. it's it's just as easy to have the kid be like, well, he's a geek or a nerd. That's how easy it is just to flip it. And then you, a lot of people can get more like. Realize, like, oh, I had that. I was beat up in the bathroom, or I like, I was like the slut, or you know, like. Yeah, yeah. See, I had. I, I agree with everything you said. The only thing that I would note to it is like, I think eighty percent of that whole problem 
is in the person being made fun of that they're not comfortable with whatever they're being made fun for. Like, they're not comfortable in the skin of you calling them a pat, and that's why they get offended. But if they were just comfortable with being lesbian, no one really gave a fuck, then it'd be cool. Yeah, I think there's partial truth to that, but I also think, like, as a person who's mixed race, like, I can tell you that I've had people drive up and call me a nigger. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you want to edit that. You could bleep that. I don't know how y'all want to run because that's like... Keep it. But, like, again, again, don't advise people to drop that. I'm just saying that as just, like, you know, to explain the situation. Yeah. Or throw rocks at a car when we're playing basketball at us to cause that. You know, yeah, there is definitely some extreme. You know, and, but what I'm saying is, and I'm not saying that to use that as just like the catalyst of like the example of everything, but it's just like I think that again, it's more of just like if, again, I, I think people do need thicker skins. I agree, but I'm I, a little I, bit of an extremist. It blows I think, because my mind. even with people, even with the N word, bro. Yeah, it's all words. Somebody's gonna call me any. You could call me anything you want. It's fucking. Wild. I think that's easier said when you're not a, a group of people that have been like. Oppressed? No, no, not not even oppressed. Because I think, like, if you look at the Italians, the Italians were oppressed. But it, one thing that's really interesting, if you look at this, is like the Italians earned their whiteness, and it's very interesting how that works. Ooh, Italians, yeah, like a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So okay. you can earn whiteness. The Irish were not considered white; they earned their whiteness. Right. Lost it. it was there was a while back when people hated the fucking Irish. In right. No, yeah. It's, it's that's just how it goes. Like I saw, I, uh, part of what I studied in school yeah, and yeah, what yeah. I was interested in, and it's again not to be like. Oh, because you have to go to college to get this stuff. It's actually just looking. You can look this up online. You can look into it. The when the Italians were being treated like that, they were having the same complaints. They were having the same grievances. Those they were the soft the Italians, the soft ones. I, I mean, if you're American and Italian, that's that's that, all. Well, you go with it. I think you when you get offended by words, you give that other person power. And if you can't recognize that if someone's trying to hurt you with words, they're fucking the real the real soft ones. Like, but that, there's a duality. I see man. through fucking people. If you if you're trying to hurt somebody with words, get the fuck out of here. But see, the thing that he's saying is, and I actually agree with it now, a lot more. Like now, I understand what you're saying. Like, if I call you a guinea or something like that, that's like racist to an Italian or whatever they call Irish people, Asian people, whatever. Yeah. I think it's not nearly as bad as calling someone the N word because of what the N word stemmed from and like how. They were right. treated when the N-word was used as the N-word, you know? I mean, the N-word comes from an era where, like, Leopold from Belgium killed 30 million Africans yeah. and then cut off another, like, yeah. multi-million African hands and has, like, photos with them. Yeah. What the fuck? Like, I mean, people don't understand the history. Like, like, people don't truly understand the history or fathom the numbers. Yeah. Like, when you start throwing those numbers, like, and again, tons of my friends are Jewish. I'm very privy to Holocaust. I'm very empathetic towards it. People don't even realize... The country next to where my family's from, um, Cambodia, had a genocide that killed 7 million to 8 million people under the guy named Pol Pot. And, like, I think it ended in, like, like, he, it, like it was, like, 85. That's 1985? Yeah, 1985. Dude, so crazy. You could In Australia, you could hunt and kill an Aboriginal person. This is what I was told when I was there. Until 1971. I could go shoot and hunt a black man till 1971. So when people say like these words don't have power, like I think people don't truly understand yeah. how recent this history is, so how I'll, deep it runs. While you continue to stand for that, I'm gonna continue to disagree with you. No, I and I, words I, I, are I words. Words are words, bro. Like, but but, but like, I got a question for you. If that's the case, it's gotta apply everywhere. We need consensus. Yes. So if I run up on your mom, and sister, her, like, and I'm not saying this, I'm like, yo, fuck you, you stupid bitch. Uh-uh. 
you're going to not do nothing? Because they're just words. So, because you're, they're just words. Because it means I'm editing you. I'm editing you. And I think you would too, Tony. Well, yes. No, you're right. You're right. But it's I not, give those words power by reacting, right? Yes and no. Imagine if you have a daughter and they do that to her mother in front of you. You just be like, baby, they're just words. You're not going to do that, Tony. You're a man. I can tell there's an integrity in there. There's a thing of standing up for gonna, people in your, in your space. And I think that if someone does that in front of your children, yeah. in front of your woman, in front of your partner. Yeah, well, what's the right thing to do? Isn't it the right thing to go, it's all right, honey, those are just words. Isn't I think that's the right thing to I do? I think so. I think they're, I think they're, I'm a person, I wouldn't call myself a pacifist by any means, but I am a person who would tend to use it with words. But I also can't fault somebody for feeling the other way. Right. You know, and that's what I'm trying to, to let people know, too, is like we have to create understanding just because you would feel that way. But I think if you found something that like or imagine if like your partner or your family member had cancer and I was just clowning it. Right. You, you going to just you say they're just the words? No, you going to end me. Like, you know, and so there's, but what's the right thing to do? What's the right thing to do? Well, the it's real question is, I don't know, what is it, it, the right thing to do in that situation? If you're talking about societal standards and legal laws would be do nothing. Right. So if I'm talking that rah rah to your mom, your woman, your daughter, you're meant to do oh, nothing. Man, no. <laughs> no, and I'm not, <laughs> not, not trying to. No, well, not not you, not no, but I'm just saying. Like I, I, but that's what I'm saying. We have to apply situations. Yeah. A lot of times when we have thoughts on these, we to actually our, don't apply to them ourselves. to ourselves. We right. don't apply them. Right. Because right. I don't get why yourself. Because if someone says it to me, I usually be like, I'm so sorry that you feel so inadequate. Is there something I can do to help support you? Wow. People hate me for that. Yeah. I'm like, wow, you sound like you're unloved. Do you Ooh, need that's love? That's what I'm saying. That's how you reply. That's but, how you win. But that's because I have done a lot of work. It doesn't mean that someone that has done a lot of work. And it also doesn't mean everyone should respond the same way. There's multiple ways to solve a math problem. Literally true. You know that new math yeah. the kids are doing? I can't do that. I know. Literally, multiple ways to go Multiple about ways it. to skin a squirrel. You heard it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I just beg the question. I'm not, I'm not here to tell people you're wrong for thinking this or condemn anybody. Yeah. I just think it's best when we can say that we would have... Again, I debate with my, my friends, my friend Nier. We have very different views. I go, you keep that. I was like, was like, I'll give you an example. And this is, again, like, we can feel all the different ways about it. I was like... I hear that you don't give a fuck about COVID. You don't care. You don't do nothing. I was like, yo, so if your mama dies, don't come crying to me. Yeah. And he was like, true. cool, I agree. Yeah. I mean, but my, what I suspect. For the also, sake of argument. For know? the sake of argument. And you can call me soulless, but I said, I'm going to come up in this chat. Yeah. I'm going to let you know. Because I'm going to be like, yo, that's a real dub. Not because I'm like, not, not because I'm not to yeah. sensitive, but because I like, again, it was really more of a point. I actually wouldn't right. do that. I right. have empathy. That's not a win. That's not, a win. that's <laughs> not being a man. That's not being, but you know, that's what I'm saying. We really have to ultimately apply these things to ourselves. Are you saying that? If, are, you, are you saying that if, uh, yeah, if I said your wife, uh, is going to be in the, uh, the, she has alopecia and made fun of her about it. You were talking about across the face? Yeah. No, 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 that was out of pocket. I'm not for that. I'm not no, first of all, I'm not for it. I'm not for it on a lot of reasons because I think that was an amazing night for the first time that the Oscars was allowed to and I say allowed because it's never been done before to have a predominantly black cast. And then you have two black men on TV, one's assaulting the other over something. No, I don't think it's I think it's com- com- comedians, and I I'd love to get this because I thought me and you would actually share a commonality in this. I think Gotta let that man live. It wasn't that bad of a joke. It's comedy, bro. You know? Well, that's it what I'm saying. Was, I can't believe he fucking like word. You know, but you gotta watch him read one of the chapters. Yeah. He talks about his entire sense of masculinity and being a man was wrapped up in how his women perceived him. Yeah. 
I've seen that. It's, a, it's an actual reading, and the women in his life are sitting around him, and one of them is like, dang, what? And he said that his whole thing is wrapped up in that. Wow. You know, so I think there's a multitude of things. He, she's unhappy. He's so incensed right. and meet, needing to be the ideal man, and he does something erratic, you know? I don't condone it. I don't think it's right. Again, no. I thought it was kind of weak sauce, you know? Yeah, bro. It's a fucking... But, and I think we all... I think everyone loses. I think yeah. everyone's going to lose it, so... Yeah, dude, that was a whole crazy. Chris situation. Rock's blowing up now. Yeah, yeah. Chris yeah, yeah. Rock. You see his, bro- his brother was his battle. No, multiple brothers, brothers are coming yeah. out now. His multiple brother brothers are like, "Oh, one's calling for the Oscar to be taken I, away." Yeah, I think Will yeah. Smith. Did, he dropped out of the Academy. He did drop out of the Academy, and then I think he had two movies that were playing that I just saw us today. That both they're paused. I think yeah. I don't think they're canceled. They're paused. Okay, yeah. yeah. yeah he's really taking that out. I mean, bro, away, huh? that was he's an really extreme, bro. Like people, I don't think people realize how, like. Him walking up on a stage and slapping Chris Rock in front of that, on the Grammys, like, or on the Oscars, sorry. I feel like that's such a big stage, and that's such a crazy thing to do. It's probably, one, it's probably arguably one of the biggest. The biggest thing that's yeah. happened, like, like... Yeah, I, I, I think mean, also, too, you gotta, understand, you gotta ask yourself, and I don't think I've ever been in this position, as, like, if you're being completely badgered all the time, and he's been... Again, I don't know. Like two years. Yeah, especially because like the way I think the problem with with the way Jada went about it, and this is my interpretation of what I know, so I don't want to say I'm an expert on this. Is it seemed like she went and talked about their their marital affairs without being like over clear. Like this is my show. I want other women to be able to talk about this. this is, I think there's nothing wrong with that. Both parties are really feeling understood and seen. Yeah. But then the problem with that is that I think it very much seemed like when he actually went on the red table that it was like. Oh, you blindsided me yeah. by talking about this. Yeah. I, mean, I, I suspect Will Smith was out here bagging biddies on the side as well yeah. and doing all that. So <laughs> I don't think he's no angel. Yeah. I, mean, yeah, I think yeah. that's a very interesting. Yeah. You know, she just has a platform, and that's how she talks. So I think yeah. I asked that to just try to find the line between like, okay, where is the mark that you can physically assault someone and everyone's going to agree with you for it? I don't think there's ever. I don't think it's ever cut and dry. I think that's a great question. I think. I think uh, again, and I think there's time and place. I think. I think there is a line. If somebody is threatening to harm your life and you don't feel that there's anything else you can do but defend yourself physically, that's when it's okay to hit someone else. I know no other times though. There's no other. When times else is okay. it acceptable to hit somebody? What reason do you have to hit someone other See, than bro, to defend yourself? I don't know. Yourself? I think I think there's a degree of like what you guys were talking about before. Like what is your mom calls your mom. Someone says something about your mom. And it stuff doesn't like make that. it right. See, and I'm not saying I, I wouldn't do it. I think there's a level of, of a line that if someone says some bad enough stuff about the person, you have a right to do physically something. words. I just, I just, I don't I know, just, bro. You know, I, I, so. I, I, just, I beg the question. I don't know what's right, and I, I agree yeah. with you, Tony. I, I think that's a really interesting question. I'm here for the dialogue, you know. Yeah. Um, partially why I wanted to come on here. I wanted to like dialogue about the stuff like this, but I, I, you know, I think at a certain point there is a point like. You know, Bryce is saying that it's like, yo, like, I ain't mad at that. Like, you know, there is a time, and I think it just, it does change. I think if, you know, I think again, like, just to bring it back to the dialogue we were originally having, like, if I'm in a situation where at a protest, both sides are protesting, that's fine and all, you can yell, scream in my face. If I have a bunch of, like, going back to your thing, other part, if I have a bunch of dudes who are like 6'1", white guys coming after me, calling me an N-word, and I punch somebody... Is that really out of pocket? No, bro. You know, like, yeah. you know again, no. it's, it's, it's... I'm not saying I wouldn't do it. I'm saying it's right. It's it's not right. So you do you see morals as black and white? I think is a really good question. Because I I used to, and I very much as I've come to learn and try to understand humanity as a whole, is 
everything is a spectrum and scale. To some degree, some people are, have, are angrier and, and are great fighters. That's why you have great fighters. If everybody approached it that way, everyone would be able to just be on the UFC and be a boxer and do all stuff. Like, you know, every person would have a moral compass like you. They'd be like, hey, that man's talking, like, it, it just hypothetically, oh, that man's talking about my mom or talking about someone that's cancer in my family or coming after us for our heritage, and I'm just going to do, I'm going to turn the other cheek. Maybe that's from a religious standpoint. I don't know if that's for you. Maybe growing. Yeah. I'm saying that different people have different reasons, but that's what I'm saying. I think it's never. I just. I. I think things are never black and white, and that's why. Again, back from the beginning of the podcast, is I think the truth lies somewhere in between. Yeah. yeah. You know. And again, I think it's. I think I, I'd love for you to marry on it, and it's, if I ever come back on again, I'd love to reengage in that. Yeah. Um, but I know that you had some questions for me about having two moms, and like we kind of like went on a tangent. I just want to bring it back to you. I was just wondering my deep thought process. All right, well, yeah, so no, I saw you. I saw you going with because I, now I do I almost think it. my morals could be black and white, but that doesn't mean I live by them. I'm full. I'm a man who tries to walk my talk. I don't always do it, but I think if right. you, I think if like you, I'm saying right now, words are words, and nobody should assault someone over words. But, Doesn't mean I ain't gonna do it. But I think that <laughs> yeah. you probably have before. But I think have that's me. Absolutely, I fought yeah. a million people for stupid shit. Yeah. But every time I look back on it, it's like, was that the right thing to do? Should I have just kept my cool and been the bigger man? Yes, every time. But no, I did it, and I won't. Con- and I usually so will continue right not to be the bigger man. How many but times? do I think morally that? I, do I know what was morally right? Yes. How many times after the fight is. or after the thing do you look back and say I shouldn't have done that? Every time. Yeah. So that well then that's a that also too, but also right but there. I think yeah. I think what that also is is as humans, especially now in twenty twenty two, is what we're in, in general as we've developed and modernized, we're asking ourselves to have more mental dialogue around yeah. uh, a primal response. Like I think the, the the hitting somebody is very like primal, which is like. If it's there for it's a, a reason. caveman tactic. That's how you win a fight when you're a caveman. I mean, I think so. I think there's truth to that. I, I don't. I personally don't want to box myself into thinking that there's no moment that is like, you know, I don't think I could say that there's no moment personally. I think also too. Yeah, I think it also depends on like what your life experience is. What you know, like how you've seen it. What like you know, there's you know, you tell people like I think about it too. Like oh, like work harder, and like I go over to. Cambodia and oh I have friends God. there and it's like you know or Vietnam after we dropped a, like Asian orange Asian orange on them and like you have people still generations being born deformed you know like literally just like jacked up or I've been in places where I couldn't walk off the path or there's landmines you'd be blown up oh yeah like you that's know, real real right life. right yeah. real so the, I went to the Cambodian killing fields where they used to bash babies heads and swing them by their legs and there's still bone fragments in the trees Jesus they're still finding places oh, where right. bodies are coming out from the, like that genocide there see so if people could see that stuff though I think it would change yeah. So many people's perspective. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's another part of travel. Wouldn't hate America so much. If you you look at things so much different than I'm going to look at things because I've never it. seen that. Yeah. yeah, and that's part of me where I go. Like I, I think that's like a moral thing for me. It's like change that. Like it's like, is it never right to use violence? Is it never? Is it? Is it always wrong? Is it? I, it's just a big question. I, I think everyone's going to have a different response and a different thing. But yeah. yeah, I think it's just like this. Like you know, you're. As I think as you see more, experience more, and it's very interesting to go to a country that's like communist or go to a country and it's literally the same as America and because they believe something so fervently, 
but they don't have any room for, like, I guess, like, they love to have an opinion they know nothing about. Yeah. So you so fervently hate democracy. They so fervently do it. Yeah. And then you reflect on it. You're like, isn't that what I'm doing? Yeah. What makes me right? Right. And then I think there are circumstances. I personally believe, like, people's rights and liberties and things like that. You know, so I, you know, and I think we all have different things. But I think, like, you know, it's an interesting dialogue. I think it's an interesting thought process. But when you see that firsthand... I'd be really curious too, like, you know, if you ever travel or you ever want help do something, like, go to a place like that. And then, you know, like, I was, like, with Bryce's situation with the police, man, with the police in Mexico, I literally was like, oh, I saw that coming 10 minutes before he told us. Right. You yeah. just said Aquamal. You just I said, said they run them pockets there. Yeah. <laughs> like, you just literally, said my boy, my, yeah, my boy, uh, I was down in Cancun. He was, like, our point guard in college. Police pulled up with him with AKs, walked into the ATM, and was like, Give us like three hundred. Yeah, you know, Bryce did the right thing. He got out of it. You know, I think I think the drinking the beer was a little bit of a little privilege in that, a little risk in there. But you know, I'm not necessarily against it. (laughs) I can't say I've not done some drunk scooter rides while in Asia. I'm just saying, you know, isn't it like the the number one goal in any situation like that is get out alive and safe. Like, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, interesting thing to talk about. I guess and we can, I just want to, you know, don't, I want us to, you know, so it's easier for your edit, because I know how editing goes. Like, um, this is going to probably just run. We do raw. We yeah. do raw. Well, well again, well, I want to come back to your questions. I'm really curious about your questions about, like, having, like, gay parents I mean, or parents. But uh, a thing I think in that, there's a couple things in there. I think one thing is one thing, uh, again, some coaching, some tips for if you've been watching and staying with us in this podcast, is some travel tips. Is I, t- I tell my, a lot of my friends who are present as white because not everyone my Puerto Rican friends that look white and they travel and yeah. I think is you got to remember that you're seen as privileged automatically yeah. whether you're not you could yeah. be because you got to remember that the living standard is different so our poor is wealthy right like I'll give you an example my friend has a, a degree and I think was getting paid like 14,000 or 15,000 dollars for the year working with a degree from the US in that in her country you know, so like you, when you, you're seen, so I go travel with my, with some of my white friends and I don't come for everybody like this, but I think this is really useful for people to realize and they're like, Oh, I'm in Columbia. None of the girls will give me attention in this club. We're in the club. I'm with my boys. A lot of them are like, Oh, the girls love me. They're like, give me so much attention. I said, nah, you meal ticket, ticket, bro. And then they heard me speak English and speak Spanish. Boom. Everybody on me. Oh, you from New York? Way of New York, bro. Mm-hmm. Oh, come talk to me. I, I, I said, no, no, no. I'm gonna talk to the shorty who was talking to me before you know, before you knew I was American. Yeah. I, bro, I love how for like th- three seconds you're like, yeah, what the? Like you just get it. It just goes back to like yeah, real quick. Yeah, not nah, back to mode shit, bro. Yeah, no. Nah, I mean, again, again, the Renaissance man. You be multifaceted. I, it's that J Cole line. Like my mama told me, speak like I have a college degree. I can, but I won't. I'm saying what I want. Yeah. You know. So again. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm a professional. I show up to professional spaces. I've been, you know, I've done crazy things with people with mon- tons of money. Yeah. Uh, but again, I think it's about being genuine, but also knowing the time and space. So, like, some of the audience that you have may not understand if I was just slanging it. Yeah. You know, so it's a little bit, we call that code switching, actually. Mm-hmm. And, and code switching. Code switching. And it's something that, like, a lot of, like, children from urban spaces or people from urban states have to learn because you're not seen as professional if you have dreadlocks. You're not seen it. And that's yeah. natural for people. Yeah. If you have Afro, that's not professional. Oh, you speak funny. Speak the way we want you to speak. Right. And okay. so uh, like, part of what that is, is like to be seen as a professional as a person of color, 
there are certain people, and I, I, don't, I tend not to like suck up or do anything, but it's something that you learn. I learned subconsciously as a child. Yeah. Well, appearance-wise, appearance everything you said was extremely valid. But in terms of speaking with broken English versus not, is that what we're talking about? I think there's, I think there's, a, the, the, well, I think if you're to really understand linguistics, there's something called the African American vernacular, like like it was formerly I think referred to as ebonics, and lingui- linguists, like or let's look at like patois from Jamaica, linguists have officially made it a language, really? because the, to understand language, there's broken language, and the, which is usually considered pidgin, we call it, which is an in between language. And then there's a point where it becomes a full language. So African-American vernacular comes from black people being slaves and us using language that was set up in, like, you know, when you learn Spanish, when you conjugate verbs and things like that, and you're in Spanish class, you're like, el, la. That's the same thing for black languages or African languages. So you have people learning English, but speaking in African patterns, the English language. And so then people... Like, I don't be liking that. Right? Is that right. what you're talking about? And so but people don't understand the history. Go, people are like, oh, that's because you're uneducated. The history goes much deeper and further back. Is that it's because it originates in languages like Spanish. Like you say things different directions. That's you an say it backwards. That's interesting. So, so when we're saying that, I think there is a time and place that we do need to like have different dialogue or speak a language that we can, we can share. Yeah. I'm not saying it's, it, it should be done in boardrooms. You know, totally. But I think at the same time, if you automatically again it'd be the same thing as saying saying, calling myself out right now I didn't know it seems that the more I learn the stupider I find out (laughs) I mean mean, the way I I would put it is it's the same concept of saying a person from the south is dumb because they have an accent yeah Yeah. but a lot of people like I guess they just but think, yo, your language doesn't mean like, you're dumb. If you talk weird, doesn't mean you're stupid. Right, and I, again, again, I think it's inter- I think it's interesting, and I, I think it's an interesting person because I, I consider you to be a wordsmith. I watched your videos. Oh, cool. You know, like cool. I went through your whole like thing on you were talking about. You know, like, I love. I did, like, yeah, like, so I really like the video where you shot yourself behind like the the. Uh, if you guys haven't B Money's music videos, go check them out on YouTube. Um, but the the way you were doing it, but behind almost like a magazine stand or something, you were like had the camera pointed at your face. You were like on the street. Oh, I don't know where it's I don't know which one. I mean, like, I'll have to get the name of this. Uh, the, was it was it Peter Parker? I, I think it might have been Peter. Like Parker. in New York City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. City. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so I, you know, shit. but I think that that that's like where I think people again, just people. I'm obsessed with understanding why we think this about people or why we have these perceptions, and. Um, I think people all actually say that about Patois and Jamaican English, or their language, and that's just another version of combination of British vernacular, African like conjugation and the way words come together, and adding and then bringing that together, and now it's officially a language. If a language stays pidgin long enough and it stays uh, stays spoken by group people, it gets officiated as a language. Look at, like, Yiddish is a good example of that. Mm. Yiddish is, like, Hebrew and, like, I think Russian or German. And that's what Jewish people speak from that region. So it's, like, only a certain... It's not a, it's not a huge community that speaks it, but it's, like, a bit of a dying language. But it's uh, it's still there. Like, there's a whole group of Jewish folks that speak that in the city. Shit. You know. So. We got it now here, bro. Yeah. yeah. That's some sick shit. All right. Well, we've been going long, so I want to get into this because this is very, uh, to me, very interesting. Like, yeah. So just... just to explain where I'm coming from, I grew up with four brothers. Right. So there was no female energy in my house. There was my mom, and she was probably hiding from us, like, 
trying to get the fuck away from us. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, just yeah. like do her motherly duty. So like growing up, I had weird relationships with girls for a long time. I didn't right, understand. Right, because you came from just all masculine energy, literally, all men. Yeah. I was like, ready, ready? This is a true story. When I was like 10 years old, up until then, I thought girls peed out of their butts. <laughs> I said that to him. He's like, yo, I got a little sister. Shout out, Mo. And he's like, I'm like, bro, they pee out of their butts. You're stupid because I knew cows peed out of their butts. And cows are females. And right. I still don't know if that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yo, and I knew when I was little. Tony going for <laughs> Yo, listen, I'm just, I, I don't, I'm fine exposing myself. This is me. And I fucking got into an argument with this kid when we were mad young. He's like, I was like, how do you know they pee out of their vaginas? He's like, because I got a sister, bro. I've seen it. And that blew my mind. I was like, damn, I really don't know shit about girls. And like, but with that being said, I knew how to be a man. And I learned probably too much too fast when I was young. So for right. me, it's very, like, I'm curious who your male, like, who you looked up to. Who was the male role model for you? And did you ever have trouble with did that? Did you even need one? Because you were, right. I don't even know what well, I don't I think know. that same question, that. and it's really interesting, is you could ask that for any community that grows up without a father. Yeah. Any person. Oh, and, you know, so you just, like, you just gotta, like. Same shit. You gotta flip it out in the other way. It's like, if you grew up without a father, how do, you know. Where did you uh, get Where did you get so that? Right, yeah, but I cool. think, but for me, I grew up seeing semi-healthy relationships, yeah. and the reason I say semi-healthy is the majority of my friends' parents are not divorced. My parents have been together since they were 16 and 17. My wow. mom is having her 60th birthday on the 11th. Wow. So, you shout know. Out to so, so, yeah, shout out to Mumsy. You already know the drill. Happy birthday, girl. Yeah. So, like, when you say your mom. Yeah, so there's mama and mommy. That's how I did it uh, as a kid. Mom was Barbara, and then mommy's Kim. Um, and... You know, I actually, I can tell you it was harder having white parents than it was having gay parents. Because they could see it from the outside. So, because because I think um, the the root of any family is love. I think that's just like the bare minimum. I think, I often, again, to tie back to what I said earlier, is families are made. I think there's like this overly, like, archaic thing put on blood. Genetics. But then you look at all the families in history who are blood related and who like fucked each other over or fucked the world over. World War One is because of blood. Mm-hmm. Like the Tsar of Russia, the king or president of Germany, and the head of England were all cousins. What? And then the Tsar's wife was the first cousins with the king of England. So that was all over blood. It was all over this thing and it was you're supposed to have my back, you're supposed to do this. And no matter what you do or what you prescribe to make something as like finite and like the thing that we need to like stand hold our morals and standards by is never held so i tend to find that like made family and if you probably think about it friends or people who are like family plays just as much as an intricate role in your life if not maybe even more because you spend more time with them like you guys said you grew up together right like probably the amount of time is probably more than maybe some of your brothers if you actually think about it especially if you went to school together it's the same thing as saying we spend more time with our co-workers than our families yeah so are, you know. are you saying that it was pretty much regular to you since your begin, like since childhood? When did you like realize that there was something different? So my parents have been really awesome from the rep. They're like families, you know, might not look like ours, but the families are different all the time. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know, and then my mom's from probably one, maybe two. We we're like, you're adopted. This is where you're from. Really? You know, we you know we love you very much. Like our family's made. You wow. know. 
like from the rep. I I know some families. I've met kids who their parents lied to them until they were sixteen. Yeah. So what about I feel like that's the that's, that's the norm. Isn't that the norm? They don't tell. I had I just I don't know. It's families have a false. I think, and this is what I want to talk on on, on another podcast or. And I'd love to do maybe spin-off conversations with just from like people like you guys who have like general questions. You for fucking but um, yeah, I mean the thing is with that is that um, I, I don't know. I think that there's just this perceived notion that because you have two moms, again, you like won't know how to be a man. Yeah. You won't know how to do these things. What I actually learned from my straight friends and families was I learned what I didn't want to be as a man. Yeah. How I didn't want to treat women. How I how I wanted to be. Because, again, this is no shots at my friends. A lot of them tend to have masculinity issues because they're trying to be their fathers rather than take what they should, take what's good, and then be like, I, I should leave that. Yeah. That isn't me. They're so obsessed subconsciously or maybe consciously of falling directly in these footsteps because right. this is what it is to be a man. This is what it be. And I looked at all these men, and some of them are really wonderful, and everyone has their shortcomings. But I was like, I want some of this. I want some of this. Mm. I like that. And I'm like, and then I'm like, okay, this is what it, this is all the best things that make a man, mm. you know, or how do you arrive as a man, yeah. right? You know, so again, I think also too, um, you hear sh- shit from people. So you grow a thick skin, you, I mean, people used to try to come for me in high school and be like, oh, Zach, like I heard your mom's a lesbian. Uh, you know, like, let me, like, like, joke around, let me holler. I was like, nah, she ain't interested in you. Is your mom free Friday night? She's trying to slide. What's up? <laughs> like, but like, that, you, but you developed, that developed, right? So, like, was it, were you always that quick-witted, or did that have to develop early at eight? No, so what, so what happens, I think, and I think this is also, too, again, for not to tie it all to race and things like that. I think as a, as a kid who has white parents, again, which is not quite about being lesbian, but I think this is for anybody, is, like, I call it having a white shield, so when my mom was around, I didn't have to experience racism, but the second she walked away, I, I would get it all. People follow me through stores. And that's why it ties into that thing really? of, like, why, like, having gay parents was easier. Unless my parents were literally walking together holding hands, people didn't know my parents were lesbians. Yeah, true. Unless you were my boy or my friends, because, again, it's not something we wear. Right. You can't tell. Dude, I can't fucking believe that racism is still so apparent. Like, the shit you're saying is crazy. How the fuck can people in today's age not realize that, like, the other color is just a normal fucking human well, being think, just like you? Think of your story. I was actually really proud of you. I never actually got to tell you. I was super proud of you when you, when you were talking about Plug PV. And you talked about that gentleman you hired who was African-American. Yeah, yeah. And he couldn't do it because of people were being Dude, so racist. It was so, crazy. You know, we would go to the same neighborhoods, same things. And you were genuinely he's, upset, and I was—I felt I was like, "Wow, this this guy is someone." I was, that's when I was like, "Yo, Zach, that's a good man." He's yeah. more well spoken than me. Like he fuck, yo, he was talented. This was Andrew King's best friend, one of Andrew King's best friends. They worked at the restaurant together. I so think about this kid. Think about who Andrew that. is right. and who this guy is. Like right. they were best friends. Andrew said you should hire this guy. Yeah. So my number one sale, or our number one sales rep, he referred me to this guy. And they worked at the restaurant together, and when he came in. He, bro, he was a stud. Like, the way he could articulate things, the way he would talk was great. And we would go to neighborhoods, dude, and it was, I, like, to see, you know, you hear it, but to see it happen, I'm like, dude, this guy is literally, we would go to the same door, and that person, like, they, you know, you're still knocking on doors. People are going to be rude to you, quote, unquote. They're going to be friendly. Yeah, they're not going to But, bro, 
one guy opened the door, literally before he said anything, get the fuck out of here, N-word. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah, and I'm not trying to make this whole podcast about that, but again, so that's why I say, like, it was interesting having two moms, and the thing, the reason I also say it's interesting, because I want to just point this out for my friends who have gay dads. Having two moms is socially cool. Yeah, Oh, that shit is hot. That shit is dope. Uh, what? Bro, like, people used to weird, ask weird questions. Like, if I, like, looked at my moms. Yeah. That's fucking listen, weird. What is, what is any high school kid's real relationship and all they know about lesbians? Porn. Well, and again, again, it's, it's, it's a lack of, like, I don't, I'm like, not condemning anyway. Shit. It's a lack of exposure. Oh, I'm not standing up for yeah. you. Yeah. I'm not standing no, I don't think you are either. I'm, I'm acknowledging. I agree with you. I'm just I think saying it's a that's, lack of that's what they related to because they don't. And that's the only thing they've ever seen. Exactly. Like National Lampoons or like, you know, American Pie. Or right. like, they don't have any real you know, experience. Should, with it's so interesting because even as somebody growing up in, with gay, gay, gay or lesbian parents, I used to be like, oh, that shit's gay. <laughs> like, like, I used to, I couldn't, it's it's funny how you're like brainwashed into these things. Like, I'd be, my mom would be like, oh, that's kind of jacked up there. You're using like, this as a downer. Yeah. I'd be like, dang. And you would say it in front of them? Well, then I had to, re- that's like when I started thinking about it. Yeah, we used to say that for everything. Oh, yeah. Everything. Our generation, that's our generation. We're all guilty for yeah. that. We're all guilty for that. We're mad gay for that, bro. Like, we say that all the time. Yeah, yeah. Like that, I- I'm not even mad at people. Yeah. I'm not mad, but it's again, it's just understanding ourselves. Just because we, and I guess that goes a little bit to what you're saying. Just because you have a moral feeling and something about it doesn't mean that you always act on it. Right. I think it's a little bit like, it, it, some of that does play a factor. I think. See, so you would even say, like, like you would say, yeah, that's gay. Like you would make. So I, I used to. I don't really do it anymore. But there, it's, it's, it's also too. You got to remember, like, as a person who has a multiracial family, has gay, gay moms. Sometimes you're just trying to make sure that shit isn't hot. Yeah. You know, like you like just don't like. I don't want the heat on me today. Yeah, I don't want exactly. the. Yeah, I don't want to deal with that problem. Yeah. You know, it could be also. It's it's anything. If your parent has a disability, if you're, you know, you're, anything other than normal. Yeah, like you, you know, think about anything you guys like felt insecure, but usually you weren't like trying to be like. Uh, excuse me, guys. Like, uh, can I talk to you? <laughs> like, like, you're not, you're not like wanting that, especially as an adolescent. You're not wanting that. Yeah. So, yeah, I think. Um, yeah. Any other questions that you have about that? No, listen. I want to end it up on a on a on a light topic. Yeah. You got Tony perplexed right yeah. now. I'm sorry. No, you're buffering. For, yeah, I'm. You're buffering. Your brain span. We're gonna talk. Uh, finish up on a light topic. We've probably been going for like an hour. Wait, wait, wait. I got questions. I want to know about the fucking bees. My guy said, "What are yeah, you, you gonna ask? Were you gonna hit with that? What? Were you gonna go with the bees? No, I don't no, know about the bees. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Tell me no, about this. I'll be real quick about this. And so <laughs> no, I don't try to rush. It's yeah, buzz no. through it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. So I, uh, me and my friend, have started a company called Sweet Abundance. Uh, you can look us up online, SweetAbundanceNY.com, and we're like a local fruit delivery service, and we do exotics, and we're starting to try to work with local. Farmers, it's basically meant to be kind of like a farmer's market online, you know. Same what exotics, you said? Well, we, we do, do do exotics as well, like yellow dragon fruit, soursop, uh, mangosteens. He's like, selling weed. Yeah, 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 all different strains. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like red dragon. Oochie gucci. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What else? You know. um, but what I, what I, again, I went to like, minor in entrepreneurship business, much like Zach, I have a huge passion, and I think yourself for... Again, understanding business and trying to become self-sufficient and things in that regard. So I was like, what is something, fruit I can't really brand. Because it's, whether even if I'm specifically growing it, it's really hard to be like, 
this dragon fruit is only from right. our location. It's yeah. like, but, but what I can do <laughs> is when I thought of honey, is I can go, this honey comes, they call it an apiary, from our apiary. It's a farm, honey farm. It a, can, it, a beekeeping facility is called an apiary? I believe. I believe that's exactly what it's called. It's an apiary. I believe it too now. Yeah, so so uh, the person who's advising has been doing it for 16 years. She's like wonderful. Her name's Kitty Gibbons. Big shout out to her. Shout out to Katie. Don't yeah. be taking my shout out. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You got to get the shout out. <laughs> um, yeah, but she's been wonderful. Um, and it's been a, a really interesting process. They come tomorrow. Um, we have five boxes we're starting with. Our land. Where the bees come tomorrow? Yeah, bro. Oh, shit. Yeah, pick them up and they come in little like cages with all the bees and the queen inside of it. So dope. And you just like yeah, dump them in the hives and yeah. so that like that's where the honey in that. Dude, I'm gonna need some fresh honey, bro. We're, we're hoping. We're hoping if it turns out I well, mean, that's, you know, that's all part of the carnivore. Diet. I know. I do. Yeah, I eat. That's what yeah. I eat. Yeah. I mean, we can we can talk uh, again. Just uh, if you're gonna order from us, please email first. We're just sorting through like some logistics and. We use Squarespace, and they don't offer a cash option, which some people like to do on pickups because us and we only—it's like pretty much us being the deliverers right now. We're eventually moving out to get drivers, and you know, as we grow, is the hope. But and where is your facility again? I'm sorry, you made it. so we we pro- we pretty much operate out of our houses right now, okay. in our like my garage, my friend's house as well. You got the bees living in like the bathroom. The, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So the bees, well, what they just that? bought they just bought 200 acres. So the bees are on uh, on our uh, 200 acres up outside Allenville. Um, and then with the fruit, we work with a partner, um, in the city. So, uh, that's where we get, and then we're starting to work with local farms. So there's a couple farms. I'm not going to put their names out yet because we haven't like finalized those kind of conversations and deals, but the hope is also to get like wild local blueberries, like local plums. A lot of them are organically grown. So if that's like a big deal for you, great. Um, even for our exotics, we try to mix it up. So it's organic and non-organic. Um, and you're going to deliver them right to the house. Yeah. We're actually moving to probably do reusable bags or a reusable system. So you would leave the bag out, we put the new one on your porch, and it helps lower impact and it's a higher sustainability. Mm-hmm. Also lower cost for us. You're not buying boxes left and right. You're not right. buying packaging. Right. So it's, it's a win-win. Win. It's a win-win-win-win. Yeah, it's just a more proficient system. You got a customer right here, bro. Yeah, I appreciate, it. I, appreciate it. it. I eat a lot of fruit. That's like, yeah. I, uh, so the goal is the goal is that we're trying to provide, and it's really at fair prices. Um, we do like a banana box for like $35 for like, I think, eat bush, bushels of bananas or something like that, maybe more. Um, I have to look at those numbers again. But the reason that we did that is if you are somebody who is like, trying to do really specific diets, you can make nice cream, which is ice cream out of bananas. Yeah. Um, it's great. You can make pancakes out of it. You can make pancakes out of bananas. Yeah, bananas really are versatile, bro. Really versatile. And then we have a citrus box right now, and then we have one called the Sweet Surprise, which is just like, you might get some crazy. Yeah, some wild like, some like wild. That's a good idea. Now, yeah. do you, you don't have like a... And I hate to do this, but I feel like this is how everyone likes to find shit. But you like an Instagram? Yeah, we got you can look us up at Sweet Abundance NY. Uh, we're a little low on like we started during COVID, so it's been a growing process. We did just so people are aware of where we're at. We you know we're really just working out a lot of our kinks and things like that. We did like two rounds during COVID. Um, fundraising? Uh, not really fundraising. It was just we wanted to test our system. We wanted to see if prices were fair. We wanted to again we wanted fair access. I mean the whole goal is to grow, and so we can actually provide experiences like this for students in school like i work with the students in school expand people's horizons again travel isn't just physically traveling it's like food it's psychologically it's all these things so it all kind of fits into like who i am and who my my business partner is as well where do you service um we pretty much are just localized in hudson valley so like we do like beacon newburgh montgomery ellenville um stone ridge kingston it's like a triangle 
we we would we probably do Rhinebeck. Um, we haven't had any clients from there, but you know, and then like basically back down New Paltz, Marlboro. It's like a giant big diamond, you know. Like Got you it. Do. Correct. All right. So the light topic I was going to get on, which is basically related, is the carnivore and, and yeah. uh, vegetarian diet. You're vegan or vegetarian? So I grew up 14 years as a vegetarian, okay. um, and then I and then I switched over when I was 14 to pretty much everything, and then I'm kind of switching back currently at 29 to more more veggies again, having a higher veggie intake. Uh, I really broke it down. I was looking at myself. I, I'm, I'm no saying it. Like, if the boys are going for McDonald's and we're drunk, like, your boy's getting the Big Macs. Let's go, baby! <laughs> yeah, you know, boy's getting the Big Mac. Yeah, cut it out. Um, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But the, you know, the thing is that um, I was looking at it and breaking it down. I know that there's different meal prep styles, and some people are like, no three meals. Like, whatever your thing is, I was looking at it, I was like, here's 21 meals a week. I'm eating meat for two each day. Yeah. I, for me, it, I don't feel, I, I, I feel, since I've cut back, I feel more awake. My energy is off the wall. Cut back on what? On, on meat. Really? Yeah. You know, my energy's off the wall. It's the same thing that you hear from other people, too. Yeah. You know, that's just so much, but everyone's body's different. Yeah, I um, I, Zach, what have you, what have you felt since yeah, carnivore? Yeah, so what is it, telling about listen, it's so, it's crazy, man, oh, but like. Same thing that he's saying that he's experienced with not eating meat. Yeah, from like from the carnivore diet, dude, my energy's through the roof. I've lost eleven pounds. I look shredded compared to what I used to look, and I feel like I've 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 kept my muscle and got leaner. And my like when after I eat lunch, if you just eat a steak for lunch, like you're you don't drop off. You're like wired right after. You know what I think? You know what I think I'm against? I don't think it's. I think vegetarian is good. I think vegan is good. I think. Meat is good. I think a normal Western diet is, is, the is, the, is the problem. Yeah, I agree with that. I think I think also too people get too obsessed with like I think for you that that probably works great for me because of my heritage. I have high uh, hereditary high cholesterol. So if I wanted to do your diet, I couldn't couldn't quite totally do it because the amount of nuts and the type of the amount of fat that's in most meat would probably force my my cholesterol is fine now. I take very low dosage medication, but. Um, I came off it for a little bit, went on for a little bit. You know, I'm just like trying to stabilize and see where I'm at with it. But like, if, if you're, you know, it's hard for some people, yeah. you know. Um, and then maybe also too, I've heard a lot of stories too, where and again, this is anecdotal, not like I'm, you know, professional to say by any means. Right. Next, uh, people getting right, getting off medication, then moving to something like you, moving to something like vegetarian, and then they have no problems again. Yeah. You know, so again, it's just stabilizing, yeah. finding what works for you, and then running with it. Yeah, I just think the Western diet, I think, is a problem. Now that you're saying that, and also, like, listen, me, so I've been doing it for two and a half, three months, and I listen yeah. to other guys, Carnivore MD and Liver King, all these guys, Sean Baker, they're all, like, scientists or whatever, and I listen to, under, like, they give me the statistics and the numbers and the data points. I can't fucking recite it to you. I don't know. Yeah, all I can tell you is what I've felt is a total difference, like, and also... I've I've always I've been lifting my whole life and I've always tried to cut weight and bulk and all that stuff like I've always been in the weightlifting and it was always so hard to do it before the carnivore diet because you're never satisfied. So the biggest you thing you're feeling is, full and sick. Yeah, yeah, I hear like that when I protein, eat yeah. carnivore diet, bro. Like I enjoy every fucking meal, so that's why I've been able to stick with it and lose weight. Well, let me flip around here. The reason I like doing the veggie is I'm an eater. I love food. I love to eat, yeah. and if I eat that, I have to. If if, if I'm piling the calories through meats and things like that. I still gain the weight. For me, I can eat as much veggies as I want, yeah. as much fruit as I want, yeah. smoothies for days, and I lose weight. So I'll tell you. And I'm an eater, and I love that. So for, for me, that's why I think it works for me, yeah. 
kind of going to a more, again, I'm not an absolute kind of guy. I think, I think it's wonderful that you're doing it. I also think part of the thing for you maybe, I'd be curious to hear about what your thoughts are, is that potentially it's also too, when you stay in stasis on a particular diet, I would like to see maybe five years from now, if you want, you end up switching to a more veggie because your body gets so acclimated and used to it. It's almost like reps or like yeah. anything. If you stay, yeah. you know, like just flat plateaued, your body's just like gets used to it, wants to store it. That's normal human, like kind of like, consumption our body wants to store energy and yeah. sort of things like that and that we have to switch it up to like re-release that yeah. and i do like i eat a lot of fruits i'm not i don't like just eat steaks every day i eat eggs no. too i eat raw honey those that's like a lot of my carbohydrates i eat bananas a lot strawberries kiwis like everything you know what i mean that's dope, man. i eat a lot of fruit and then just meat yeah. and i just eat like shit every day and i'm always what's, tired. what's your game bro i just eat like shit that's it. Yeah. Like fast food shit? Or are we talking about all really. food? I, just, like, I try to eat a little healthy, but I'm just, lately I've been trying to put muscle on, so I'll fucking just eat everything. Everything. Protein shakes, and then I'm trying to have super high protein foods. Are you putting enough output, with, though? Like with your weightlifting or your training? Cause like am if I you, training enough? Yeah. Like just, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, not, in, I'm, not, I'm not like a I, fitness guru. I have been in the gym a fucking lot. Yeah. But I still think I could eat a lot cleaner than I do. But it's so easy to just fucking... Yeah, because I think there's... I was going to say, that's why I think the carnivore diet works so much, and maybe same thing for your vegetarian diet, because you can eat so much of it, not gain weight. Carnivore diet, I can eat so satisfactory, and not be like, like after all my meal, I didn't feel like I ate like shit, and I was totally satisfied eating the food I ate, you know what I mean? And, like, I, I don't know, now that we're sitting here more talking about it, it, bro, like, if you go get a sandwich from the deli, the, the amount of shit that I feel like, maybe not a sandwich, but... No, you're onto something. I just heard something really interesting from some British YouTubers was that they were like, it's so funny how much more calorie dense the American food is. That's what I was going to say. And what, and what that is, is because we have so many additives. Like, I was with the kids the other day at school, and they were like, yo, Maui, that's what they call me, that's my nickname, from Moana. Yeah. Um, my hair's up, so I have long hair, but the thing is that um, they were like, look at what's in this water. And it says zero calories, and it's like potassium and chloride, yeah. something like all these crazy chemicals. Oh. And it's like it's gotta be doing something. Yeah. Maybe may zero calories. Do you but... drink special water or anything? Do you like uh, no, no, no. I just use a bird filter. You yeah. know, I was in Newburg. The city, the, the government there is like screwed our water over. And same, we had the same thing in Flint, Michigan. Actually, people don't realize that. Oh shit! So yeah, we had like messed up pipes and all this stuff, and they like weren't doing anything about it. Yeah, like at the gym, we couldn't drink the water for like a year fun. and a half. This yeah. is recent? Yeah, this is like uh, right before COVID. Wow. Um, and I still don't trust it. I don't trust it. So we do like bird filters. We do yeah. things like that. I was curious because I know you're in the nature and all. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I'll go out the mountain like like the Sasquatch and literally just drink right out the hill. Right. Like, I can I literally, out find, yeah. all the water I have in my house comes from a natural spring. That's amazing. Kingston. That's it's in Kingston. Yeah, I, I plugged it yeah. last time too. There's a spring in Kingston. There's no, no, it's lit. Yeah, no, I think I know what it's yeah. There's a bunch in the area. They're really nice. And you can I collect, you bring your water bottle down, you can collect it. It's, that's it's all wonderful. I drink. It's fresh. It's got tons of minerals because it's right out the mountain. It's really I wonderful. I filled this bitch up. That's Actually, right. I, I keep big ass bottles with me and I just refill these up. Yeah. Shouldn't be doing it with plastic, but. Yeah. Fuck it. Oh, yeah, dude. Listen, 1% better is 1% better, so fucking spring water. Let's not even get on the topic of microbial plastics because there's some. Oh, my really God. Yeah. Well, I mean, spring water is. That's why I like it because it's yeah. coming right out the mountain. You're less likely, hopefully, to get Yeah, because yeah. now they're finding uh, microbial plastic present in 
like 80% of humans that they test. It's in the lungs. It's in. Uh, I feel like we got another podcast. Well, actually, He's on something. Uh, like, yo, so I, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole. He is a brand that brand guy, brand brand for MD, who does all the carnivore shit. He's so big on like n- nothing he does touches plastic. Nothing. His meat, his his drink, his water, nothing. He never is around plastic. Does he, does he order from a butcher? Because oftentimes he can, like, if you go to an actual I'm not butcher, sure exactly butcher you can It's the only way. Every, I'm looking, now I'm looking around in my, I'm, I'm in my shower. I'm in my kitchen. Everything, Everything is in plastic. Plastic, bro. Everything. Yeah, that's a big thing I've also done in my life is I, I switched, like, uh, hair products and stuff. Again, yeah. not out of plastic, but doesn't have all the paraffins or anything like that. Um my, my my trash bags are biodegradable, so it doesn't mean that my trash that I'm creating is necessarily that, but at least, yeah. it, like, the thing that's holding it just doesn't create a tomb in the earth and just, like, leave it. At least it can, mm-hmm. the things that are, you know, I'm, I think a big thing I would encourage people to do, no matter what your walk of life is, try to be, like, what are little things in my personal life that I can have an actual impact, even if it's just minute, that's easy enough to do. Right. Because that's, I think, when you get millions of people to do it, that's when you have right. Act as changes. What you're going to do is right. I, don't, I think it's hard for oftentimes for people to be like think beyond you to like the next generation or all these things, but I think when you start thinking about it in the sense of like, again, with my diet, what can I do that, you know, is going to have like, make me a better productive person and then maybe what is something like some like small things in my life that I can do to improve the space or, you know, make my life healthier. So, you know? Well, I sell solar panels, so I don't have to do anything else. No, my guy, my, my guy here, my guy. <laughs> I use all kinds of fucked up shit. <laughs> but, all right, well, listen. This was a fucking amazing episode. Felt rushed, even though I know we just went well, rushed. Rush is, I think it's almost two hours. I'm sure it no is. No way. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's 8.49. Bro, we got to get you back on. That's You're crazy. very interested, man. You got a lot of good stuff talking about. I didn't about, even man. say five words the whole time. No. This guy's been in more countries than I shit in toilets. <laughs> <laughs> like, we need to talk. Get more ass in toilets. No, I mean, I, I, I really would. I mean, I'd love to come back on and we can maybe be, you know, I know you guys like to kind of do like a really open format. It's been really great. Shout out. Shout out your cameraman for me. <laughs> shout out Mobby Flay, baby. Yeah. Mobby, baby. Mobby's dead, the building. You know, and shout out to you guys for building this. It's, you know, a lot of people talk about doing podcasts and doing these things, and, and the first step is really just doing it. And yeah, so I, I just, I'm just proud of you guys, and it's really awesome. Thank you, bro. Nice to meet you, bro. And, yeah. um, you know, so. Hug it up. I really, I really enjoyed this. And if there's ever a time or a topic you guys want to cover, I'm happy to come back on. And for any of you guys who are watching, the viewers, you know, you can hit me up on Instagram, uh, long way to go underscore travel. Um, if you have travel questions or ever want to dialogue about stuff like that. And again, check out the fruit and honey to come hopefully in August. So we got to do a don't. podcast on travel because I'm all into the travel. I let them know where our podcast is now located. Yes, let them know. Finally on Spotify. Let's go. The podcast is live on Spotify. Also on YouTube, obviously the live version if you want, or not live version, yeah, but it is. video version. Yeah. I encourage you to watch that one. It's great to see everyone's faces. Yeah. I do like that for you. I, I can't fucking, I can't listen to any Podcast on Spotify now. Like everything has to be YouTube. Yeah. I can look at it all. Yeah, I know, I know. But um, it's good to have on. Also, you get the great cinematography as well. It, it adds a whole other element to it, you know. Thank you. Zoom in. Zoom. Give me zoom. Single zoom. camera. Hey, how you doing? Hey. <laughs> all right, well, listen, we crushed, or you crushed it, and you got some great stuff to talk about, and I'm, I'm happy we got to have you on. And honestly, I think my perspective changed on like three things. Well, not for. Change totally, but well, new perspective. You, you on definitely new did open my eyes. I didn't know what I didn't know, and I mean, we're all victims. Listen, bro. I was we're walking through. I was walking through Chinatown today when I, I got. I finished my rib tattoo, which we'll have to reveal in the next show. Um, but I'm walking through Chinatown today, 
And it's like, dude, I, I can understand that feeling of what you felt, what you probably felt like for in your life, because, bro, like, we were, I was walking at 8.45 a.m. in the morning, so it was packed with people. Not one person was n- not Asian. Every single person that was walking by was Asian. I'm like, dude, I feel like I'm in a fucking different world. Like, this is so weird. And so, I don't know. I just, I can relate to it. No, I, we'll, I we'll, we'll do another podcast. His story of oppression is so moving. <laughs> How did you it just Bro, like, you're walking through. Like, when I went to Greece, man, I was fucked up in the head. We're walking, and we're like, we're at the restaurant ever. And everyone else is speaking Greek. And I'm like, dude, this is wild. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm the only fucking one who is speaking English. We are around a million people, and everyone else speaks Greek. And like, I don't know, I had like an out of body experience that. I'm yeah, like, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll we'll get into this. I'm happy to come on, and we'll do really travel specific. We can get into the nitty yeah, gritty. Yeah. I'll give out tips, like backpacks, gear. We can get into yes. that. So, yeah. awesome. Guys. Yeah, All right, boys. Thanks so much. Yeah.